the 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Ginny Brzezinski, Know Your Value contributor and co-author on the upcoming Know Your Value Comeback Careers book, set for release this fall. And I'm also a brand new member of the I Relaunch Advisory Board. I'm thrilled to join you. I'm your guest host for today. Today, we're going to turn the tables and interview iRelaunch chair and co-founder, Carol Fishman-Cohen, instead of having her in her usual podcast host role. We're going to be talking about disruptorship. Carol and I will discuss what it is, what is happening with it, and what it means for the future of relaunching. Carol, welcome to 321 iRelaunch. Thank you, Jenny. It's great to be here and fun to be on the other side of the interview table. Well, I'm excited to be here. Carol, you are a relauncher. You relaunched your finance career way back in 2001, and then you co-authored a book on relaunching that came out in 2007, the same year you co-founded iRelaunch. You've also authored an important article in the Harvard Business Review in 2012 called, and I love this title, The 40-Year-Old Intern, which is based on a report you wrote that was the first to document the use of mid-career internships as a way for employers to engage with relaunchers, and you predicted the proliferation of these programs that we see today. So tell me about this word disruptorship, how to come about. Well, I first have to say that that 40-year-old intern title was thought of by the editors at Harvard Business Review. So I want to give them full credit for that, but it was a great title and I love it also. Um, As far as disruptorship is concerned, so first of all, let let me just give you the background of this word disrupt because there's a lot of, um, it's kind of a buzzword now. There's a lot of discussion about disrupting this and disrupting that. And it really originated with um, Professor Clay Christensen at Harvard Business School, um, who first wrote and and thought about this um, concept disruptorship as uh, what would be applied to companies or industries. And he has a whole body of work that, that's associated with that concept. And then uh, Whitney Johnson uh, took that concept and applied it to people in her book. Um, she's written a number of books, but one of them was about uh, called Disrupt Yourself. It was about dis- dis- applying the disruption model to individuals and career paths and um, reinvention. Uh, and then you know, this, the word has become, uh, in, you know, part of the general lexicon and in terms of, uh, talking about change and and how change happens and how things are are reimagined in a different context. So we were, um, in one of our deep discussions with the iRelaunch team, um, about a whole range of topics and including, uh, the whole concept of mid-career internships or, you know, think about university level internships for uh, uh, undergrads and uh, think about tweaking that model for the mid-career professional. And um, we do a lot of work in this area. We're talking about the impact. And in the middle of the discussion, our CEO, Jill Kravitz, blurted out, it's like disruptorship. And I thought, oh, that's a really good word. I, I love the word disrupt as as or as applied to an internship. So that's how it came about. And I just think it's it's a great name for, for um, a lot of the change that we're seeing right now. So what are you disrupting? 
So when you think about these disruptionships, there, there are really two disruptions that are taking place. First of all, a, a disruption to the, the whole entry level model of that traditional college internship program. Um, many of us went through a summer internship um, at one company or another. So disrupting that concept to then uh, uh, tweaking it and making it appropriate for the mid-career professional returning from career break instead of um, being on a summer break or graduating from college. Um, and then um, the idea that uh, the use of these mid-career internships are beneficial for employers, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute, but thinking about how once employers are comfortable uh, with these mid-career internships uh, being used to engage with relaunchers or returning professionals, that they the programs could be broadened to um, have employers engage with a whole range of non-traditional candidates, which could include uh, expats repatriating or retirees unretiring or military spouses or veterans transitioning. And so that, that broadening also, we think, is, is part of the disruption model as it applies to um, relaunching. So tell me about the, the disruptionships. Um, how long do they last? How do they work? So these internship programs, um, mid-career internship programs, uh, can last from eight weeks till to six months. Uh, they companies that run their own program, and that's part of our vision, and that is that big companies that have entry large scale entry level internship programs should be running a mid career reentry internship program side by side and the idea is that um, companies want to control all the parameters of their entry level internships they should also control the parameters of their reentry internships which would be how long do they last and what time of year do they run and how many people are in each cohort uh, and um, you know which business units are involved in managers and what geographic locations and what is the expansion plan. So um, each of these programs is unique uh, to the employer that is running it. Um, and uh, they, the way they work is that Relaunchers start generally on the same date, move through these programs um, as a group. They're usually in the role that they will remain in if they are successful at the end of the 12 or 16 weeks or however long it is. Um, or sometimes they're in a program where they're doing projects and then the company is seeing where if the, they think the person's a good match, where a proper placement for that person could be um, at the end of the program. Uh, so, so it runs very similarly to an entry-level internship in terms of using this temporary experience to evaluate whether the person is a good match uh, to be hired. And, and from the relaunchers' perspective, does it give them a chance to evaluate whether this company is right and whether this role is right? Is that what's in it for for them? It's obviously a, a stepping stone back, but it, does it also give them a chance to evaluate it? Sure. So um, from the uh, relauncher perspective, it's it's really a two way street. Um, let let me just back up from the employer perspective to the extent that employers. Uh, 
view hiring people who are coming off of a multi-year career break. And, you know, we work with relaunchers who have career breaks from one to over 20 years. So um, for employers engaging with this pool, if they attach risk to hiring someone who has been out of the workforce or away from their primary career for many years, the idea of having a testing out period through this internship or internship-like experience um, is, is very appealing uh, because they do, they do have the testing out period be first before having to make the hiring decision. And also, they're basing this hiring decision on actual work as opposed to a series of interviews. So that's it from the employer perspective. But it's really a two-way street because from the relauncher's perspective, the relauncher is inside the organization. Uh, they're in a functional area now. Um, they can test out uh, how they feel being back in the workforce, um, what they think about the particular company's culture, the people that they work with, the type of work they do, the mission and the work of the company, all of that um, the relauncher gets to evaluate while they are in this temporary role. Uh, so so both parties um, can benefit from this kind of arrangement. Now, one additional thing I'll say is that these programs have become increasingly competitive. And, you know, hundreds or sometimes even thousands of people could apply for a limited number of spots in each cohort. And so companies are trying to figure out during the interview process uh, that they're trying to weed out people who they think are not ready for one reason or another. So, But we still do occasionally have situations where a relauncher will go through and then decide that, you know what, I... I took up a, a step too early and I'm not quite ready to return to work yet, but that's really been the option so far. Um, so to give us some of the history on mid-career internships, um, I, I, you've been working on these for a while and I, I um, what, what were some of the first and what were, what are some of the milestone moments here? So, yeah, so, you know, iRelaunch has been around officially since 2007. Um, we, also, we were doing work in the career reentry space even before that, which was pre-recession, um, because when Vivian Steer-Rabin and I, uh, who's co-founder of iRelaunch with me and the co-author of Back on the Career Track, the book that we wrote that led to the co-founding of iRelaunch, we were interviewing employers and work-life experts and recruiters and academics and a lot of relaunchers. Uh, and we started getting asked to speak. And this was in the 2004 to 2006 timeframe. Uh, we started getting asked to um, speak about our own stories, about what we were learning in the book. And then we started getting asked to be involved in some of the first career reentry programs that were happening um, very early on. So for example, Lehman Brothers had a program called Encore, which did not involve a mid-career internship. People were hired directly into full-time roles. Um, and we were um, involved in that program to help screen candidates to attend their big um, recruiting event. And we, we spoke at that event. Uh, Dartmouth's Business School, Tuck, uh, had a program that they were running in uh, connection with Citigroup. Uh, we were involved in the early focus groups for that. So there was there was a certain amount of pre-recession activity. UBS and Wharton had, had also paired up to create a program at that time. Um, and then those programs all uh, went away. Uh, and 
you know, and then we had this, uh, the, I don't want to say resurgence, we, we had this emergence of these uh, different programs um, post-recession. But the, so the very first one of the uh, return to work programs with an internship was at Goldman Sachs in 2008. Uh, they actually trademarked the name Returnship as the name of their program. And also Sarah Lee at the same time uh, ran a program called Returnships at Sarah Lee. Uh, and Sarah Lee was restructured and doesn't even exist as Sarah Lee anymore. Um, but I also want to make a note, a historical note that they, that they ran uh, one of the first programs in 2008. Now Goldman's program has endured. Um, they run it year after year. Um, but then the next big company program didn't really start until um, JP Morgan uh, uh, started their program in late 2013. And then in 2014, Morgan Stanley, Credit Suisse, and MetLife started programs. And then uh, we had a light bulb moment at iRelaunch where we were thinking, there's all this activity in the Wall Street space we need to bring this model to a different sector. And so that's when it was after our fall 2014 conference where we had up on stage five relaunchers from each of those different programs I, I just mentioned um, talk about how they got hired after completing those programs. And so we thought we got to bring this to another sector. So that's when we approached the Society of Women Engineers um, with this idea for the STEM Reentry Task Force they were immediately enthusiastic and we worked with them together to co-found the STEM reentry task force. And the first STEM reentry task force meetings happened in fall of 2015. And we had seven companies sitting at the table, some of the biggest companies in the world, IBM and General Motors and Cummins and Caterpillar and a, whole, a number of companies. And in 2016, those programs started to launch. So uh, now we have 23 companies in the STEM Reentry Task Force. And if we take a look at the 2016 to 2018 period, um, we've since worked with a whole range of companies independently in other industry sectors. We launched a similar group initiative um, to the STEM Reentry Task Force in um, financial planning. And we, we, if you look at U.S.-based programs between 2016 and 2018, there were 38 programs that were launched during that time, time frame, and many of them have expanded. So um, I can uh, go into more detail about how the STEM Reentry Task Force works or the Financial Planner Reentry Initiative. We have these group uh, initiatives if you want, but that's sort of the, the, that's the, the history um, up to this point of what we've seen in um, the career reentry uh, programming sector, especially as it pertains to internships. Well, we're going to take a, a quick break, and then I'm going to come back because I have um, I have a, a couple questions here for you that um, a, a, about um, what it was like when you were first trying to sell this I idea to some of these companies. So. Um, for those of you who just tuned in, you're listening to 321 I Relaunch. This is your guest host, Jenny Brzezinski, and I'm speaking with Carol Fishman Cohen, chair and co founder of I Relaunch, who usually hosts this podcast about the concept of disruptorship. So, back to our conversation, I, I'm curious. I, I feel like right now, this is like 
the moment for these programs that you have pioneered. Um, and but I feel like maybe there was did you meet with some skepticism early on when you were trying to make the case for why this is an untapped pool of talent? You know, it's it's really interesting to look at this retrospectively um, because I feel like since I relaunched my own career, you know, many people know I'm a relauncher myself. Um, I, I relaunched my career back in 2001 after taking an 11-year career break um, and have been involved with that whole concept ever since. So it's really, for me, I feel like, you know, it, it's been uh, over 15 years. And I feel we've been working, working, working so hard with this concept. And now we're having a moment. You know, It's like these programs are proliferating. And it actually, I predicted this in that Harvard Business Review article, the 40-year-old intern, um, predicted that the these uh, programs would proliferate. Uh, but the reason that they are proliferating now is that there are excellent results that are coming out of these programs. But let me just jump back to talk to you, uh, to address your question. Um, and it will help for people to understand why is Wall Street a leader um, in this particular area and, and what really led to these programs starting in the first place. So if you think about it, the Wall Street firms um, are a leader in career reentry programming because they're so old. So they, you, you think about how old these companies are. They've seen generation after generation of employees go through different life cycles. And as they've gone through each successive life cycle, they've seen the women peeling off, you know, at every stage. And all of a sudden they find themselves, if that happens for long enough, they find themselves with kind of a crisis. Like they don't have enough women in mid to senior level roles. So the uh, the usually these programs an, uh, originate because they're responding to this sense of urgency around not enough women in mid to senior level roles and once and so then they start and it's kind of a diversity initiative and you know there are a whole bunch of people who are skeptical and who are these relaunchers and are they really serious about working and um, who's going to show up and how are they going to work again after they've been away and how are they going to catch up on, on a technical basis? Then they see who starts coming in the door and the, the, the quality of the pool is, is so high caliber that even the skeptics, skeptics start to turn around. And now we're in a situation that's so interesting. It's a real milestone. Um, and that is that we're starting to have large numbers of, um, relauncher alumni that are in these companies that have been running programs for a few years now. Uh, and they're, they have a good reputation. They're high performers. And then when these programs get launched, people come out of the woodwork who are had relaunched at the company before they even had a program and they, and everyone forgot about it. So then these skeptical managers see what's happening with the program. And they also see these people coming out of the woodwork and they're like, Oh, I didn't know, let's say it was you, Jenny. I didn't know Jenny Brzezinski had taken a career break a long time ago. Cause Jenny's already been back for, you know, eight years and everyone forgot she took a career break. So the whole idea of having more and more people who are ambassadors and role models within the program um, and showing what great results there are um, once they're back then the programs expand on their on their own merit. 
so um so that so that's been um really ki kind of an evolution and the other thing that we're really proud of that is is a huge milestone is not so long ago uh, if you had a career break on your resume, it would be instantly tossed by the by the recruiters. No interest at all. But now with these programs, you have to have a career break on your resume in order to be eligible. It's an eligibility factor. So we feel that wow, that that that's a minimum break. two years eligibility. Uh career break? Usually it's minimum two years. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's three. It's a usually a minimum of two year career break um, that you have to demonstrate in order to be eligible to apply for the programs. Mm -hmm. Does this also send a message to the, say, some of the younger women in, uh, in, in a firm um, that they, you know, that if their firm has a program like this, that they will be welcomed back, that it kind of changes attitudes overall up and down at the company. Yes, you are right on with that, Ginny. Um, so, you know, we've seen these studies now, for example, Manpower did a study on millennials that I think came out at the end of 2016 that said 84% of millennials, both male and female, are anticipating a career break of one kind or another um, in the future. And if you look at the breakdown, the gender breakdown and the reasons why people are interested in this career break, because they actually defined it as four weeks or longer. So of course we don't view four weeks as, as the kind of career break we're talking about, but when you um, dig down and see why people are looking to take those career breaks, they, the reasons point to the more extended leave, uh, supporting my spouse or partner's career, uh, childcare, elder care, um, some sort of extended travel or personal development or education. Um, so a whole range of reasons. And so we think it's so important for employers when they have one of these programs to um, make sure all across the whole spectrum that everyone knows about it, their own alumni, so companies use these programs to reconnect with their, what we call regrettable losses, high performing alumni who might've gone on career break. Um, all of their, um, their employees that are currently working of all ages uh, because they have friends or relatives or other um, pe people who are either thinking about taking a career break or have taken one or are going back and they feel personally connected to them and the whole concept. And then um, the youngest employees. So you want to be signaling to your youngest employees that we understand people go through different life stages. We understand that you may decide to take a career break. Not only do we um, understand that, but we've created a formal pathway back if you've decided to make that uh, uh, that choice for yourself. So we think that's that's very very powerful. And I, the one other thing I wanted to put in to to tell you that I realized I didn't say before is that one of the reasons we're seeing these programs proliferate is that they're they're really successful. So. If we we collect a lot of statistics on the STEM reentry task force, we now have 23 companies in that initiative, and we have tracked the people how many people have participated in task force programs. Each company creates its own program. Um, so in aggregate across those programs, we've had well over 325 people in those programs, and we have had on a way-to-day average basis an 85% hiring rate when the program completes. So that's the other um, really great thing about it is 
The results have been consistent and really impressive, and they reflect what we had seen on Wall Street. We had seen between 50% and over 90 to over 90% of people who go through these programs get hired. On the STEM reentry task force, we saw 60% to 100%. We knew that was skewing high, so that's why we we uh, calculated that weighted average number, the 85%. But uh, just it's it's very encouraging to get results that um that repeat and that are, um, you know, in the same range. So tell me uh, some uh, some examples of these programs. And also one thing I wanted to ask about is that I've learned and I think is good to, to talk about is that these programs at the beginning kind of have, a, um, it, it's sometimes a a little bit of a scary thing for somebody to, to go back in. And they it's, I think that the fact that the women are working with a cohort and there's kind of an introductory program. Um, the way you've set them up um, is, is excellent. I'd love for you to talk about that and, and talk about some of the examples of these programs. I'm glad you asked that because I realized we didn't go into enough detail about how the programs work in terms of the pro in terms of like, what's the experience of, of the person going through. So People apply for these programs, they get selected, they they start on the same day. Let's say it's a 16-week program. Um, there could be uh, the first few days or the first week could be an orientation where everyone comes together um, who's in the cohort. Now, some companies will run their program um, in different geographic locations and the relaunchers come together in person as a cohort at the beginning, at this orientation period, and then Beyond that, when they do programming, it's through some sort of a video conference because they're in all these different locations. So it's that establishing that uh, cohesiveness of the cohort early on during the orientation is really important because the all the members of the cohort are extremely important um, people for each other in terms of personal and professional support as they move through the program. And I wrote a an article for Harvard Business Review on this topic called The Power of the Cohort in Career Reentry Programming. And I interview Michelle Friedman, who's the founder of Advancing Women's Careers. And we've done a lot of presenting together um, to these cohorts um, about how um, the, the um, cohort members support each other because there's not uh, anyone else within the organization who's really like them. They're not an entry-level intern. They're not a lateral hire. They're kind of, a, a, as Michelle would say, a hybrid, a combination of the two. So they have this unique status and they um, help e each other as they move through the program. So after the orientation, they're in their roles or you know, they're doing their work and they're meeting their teams and they're, they're really immersing themselves in the work itself. But along the way, there might be a lunch and learn session or maybe they meet um, a senior manager who talks about that their own career path or something about a particular line of business. They might have a session on um, executive presence or making presentations. They might have a lunch just with the cohort themselves, um, so something informal, uh, so so they can reconnect with each other. Uh, some one of the things that we do at iRelaunch is we do a session in the orientation of a lot of these programs called "Making the Most of Your Reentry Experience," and it's a half day. Um, uh, telling the cohorts what to anticipate um, as as they go through the transition and they hear through video and commentary um, what other relaunchers have to say about the experience. 
so, so there's that piece. And then another thing that we do is we coach the cohorts at the midpoint and at the end in a private setting where we're meeting with the, with the, um, with the relaunchers and they have this opportunity to process um, where they are at the midpoint and then at, at the end point. So there's professional development programming, there are informal lunches, there's sometimes cohort, cohort coaching, and there's this concentrated orientation at the beginning. And then um, toward the end, they find out whether they are going to be continuing on or not um, at the end of the program. How many programs are there now around the world? We track career reentry programs worldwide. Um, and we have two lists on the irelaunch.com website. One list is if we find that a program runs even one time that we, um, we document that and we have that, we call it, that's our big list, um, uh, which is any program that's run even once, even if it didn't continue to run, or even if it's a, if it's a program that's more event-based as opposed to an ongoing um, internship kind of experience. And uh, then we have our other list, which is our really popular list, and it's 90 plus paid career reentry programs around the world. And these are corporate programs that we've identified that um, have been well established and are, are you know beyond the pilot stage um, and run on uh, repeatedly. And I guess I should say that some companies run one cohort a year, some companies run multiple cohorts a year, and sometimes they'll they'll run um, multiple cohorts a year that are U.S. based and the same program over and over. And sometimes they'll run it in different geographic areas around the world. Um, any time in a particular calendar year. So there's a lot of variation in terms of how often uh, companies run these programs and what the domestic versus international presence and expansion looks like. And so if somebody wanted to get an idea of what programs um, there were, they would just go to your website and go to the irelaunch.com website and look at that list and how to apply and everything is on there? Exactly. So we try to keep this list up the best we can, the 90 plus list. And we also have a list of employer champions who um, we've done a lot of work with, either helping them create and expand their program directly, um, or they sponsor one of our iRelaunch Return to Work conferences. And we know that they're very committed to hiring relaunchers. So there are a couple of ways that um, people can go online and click through and access these pro access these programs. I will say that sometimes the companies will take down their landing page for a certain period of time and then people will say the link's dead, you know, and and we try to keep on top of that as best we can. But yes, I'd say that list is one of the best resources where you can see um, a whole range of corporate programs and where they run all in one place. What are some examples of the programs that are on the list now? I know that there's been Moody's, uh, MasterCard, Amex, what are some of the... Right. So let me just give you... There there are so many I, I, I could cite. So um, Morgan Stanley has Morgan Stanley Return to Work. Credit Suisse has Credit Suisse Real Returns. IBM's program is called IBM Tech Reentry. Um, General Motors program is called General Motors Take Two. United Technologies runs their re-empower program. Uh, you're right. MasterCard has a relaunch your career uh, program. Um, Dell runs a program called Restart. 
uh, and um, Moody's ha has Reignite. Uh, and actually, I should say Johnson & Johnson also runs a program called Reignite. There are some uh, programs that, that have the same name, uh, but lots of examples. And you can see these are big corporate programs uh, that have their own name and their own landing pages and really have a lot of structure around now that they've run a number of times and the companies are really committed to them uh, uh, from the senior level all, on the, all the way down. If somebody wants to return and they don't see a program that fits their um, background and, and they're interviewing for a job, and would you recommend that they suggest that maybe they create a returnship at, at, um, through that employer? I'm so glad you asked this question. And actually, I'll make this uh, the... Um, best piece of advice for our relauncher audience um, uh, in, in our conversation today? And the, the answer is absolutely yes. So, you know, we've seen, I've been talking about how there's a proliferation of these programs, but the reality is most companies still don't have them. So it's a great idea. If you are in the middle of the interview process, you detect either skepticism on the part of the interviewer, or maybe the person says to you outright, I think you're a great candidate, but there's no way I'll be able to convince my colleagues once they say this career break. That is your opportunity to say, well, what do you think about giving me some special project or an interim assignment where you wouldn't have to commit to hiring me up front, but you could have this opportunity to get a sample of my work um, through this project experience? You know, there are some um, there are some recruiters um, or managers who will dismiss that out of hand, but many more will have not thought about it. And so you introduce that concept and it it's really an extension of what the concept is more broadly. If there's a formal program, you're saying, let's lower the risk a little bit. If you're anticipating you're hesitating hiring me, let's do something short term um, and then we can go from there. So that I'm, I'm so glad I had the opportunity um, to mention that. And thanks for asking that question. Sure. Well, I think it's, it's a great concept. And I think that it's a great way to, to suggest to an employer who might have reservations about how, you know, you might be able to try before you buy. Exactly. Um, well, Carol, thank you for joining us today. It was really exciting for me to host, to be in your chair. Um, and thank you for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Ginny Brzezinski, your guest host for today. For more information on iRelaunch, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.